Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey, doing it at home mamas, Sarah here, and I need to take a second to tell you about something that I made for you. Yes, you, moms just like us who are clear that we need to take care of ourselves in this game of motherhood. We need to experience balance, but sometimes we're not really quite sure how to do it or we feel like we don't have the time. I get it. So I created the Balanced Mama Moment audio series, a 20-part audio experience that dives into what it means to make a Balanced Mama Moment for yourself and how you can apply that to all areas of your life to help you in this crazy journey of motherhood. So go to sarahbivens.com and click on Balanced Mama to learn more. Again, that's sarahbivens.com and click Balanced Mama. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey guys, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. You know we love it when we get to talk to both mom and dad. And today is one of those episodes. So we are chatting with Jamar and John Nell. And to just read you a little excerpt from an email correspondence that we have. So Jamar is a firefighter paramedic and a podcaster as well. The two of them actually run a podcast together. So another power podcasting married couple. Anyway, and Janelle is the CHO, the chief home officer. How cool is that? He calls her the creative glue, the nucleus, and the heartbeat of their family. And a little bit about them. They've been married for seven years, five pregnancies, four babies, and for their most recent newborn, they went with a home birth, a switch up from their traditional hospital births that they had for their other children. And to quote Jamar, The experience was hands down a thousand times better, and they wish they could have done it sooner. So I'm going to shut up and just jump right into this episode because it's so awesome to hear both perspectives. They're amazing. We're so grateful to them. And here it is. All right. Well, I want to welcome to the show a couple. We don't normally have both mama and daddy here with us, so we're very excited for that. Um, Jamar and Janelle, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the Doing It At Home podcast. How are you guys? We're doing pretty good, considering. (laughs) (laughs) You have a few things going on. Yeah, Yeah. just a little bit. (laughs) Wow. Um, So tell us a little bit about you guys and what you're up to. Okay, well, um, I am stay-at-home mom and just had our fourth child, 
and he's almost or actually, yes, he is three months now. It's getting hard to keep track of the ages at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're just, um, you know, enjoying summertime right now. Everybody is home. And, you know, so we're just having a good time right now. That's awesome. <laughs> what else? <laughs> what about you, Jamar? Yeah. Tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is Jamar. Like I said, uh, I'm a firefighter paramedic for the city of Houston, uh also full-time dad husband all that good stuff mm-hmm. uh i am the the wrestler of the couple here uh, i like to wrestle with the kids and <laughs> take them out and do all the rough playing and things like that and uh i'm also enjoying fatherhood times four uh i love it and uh wouldn't trade it for the world that's, that's awesome. That's great. I love, Matthew really gets a kick out of that um, wrestler thing you were oh, saying because yeah. <laughs> he's already trying to roughhouse with Maya and she's not even a year yet. And I'm like, um, <laughs> I always kind of like have one eye open when I see them playing together because I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's the perfect time to start. You got to get them good. Get them young. Great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and, and in the tallies of uh, head bumps and bruises. I think we're two two zero. Sarah's got them yeah, all. Yeah, so. I'm winning. <laughs> I do that. Anyway, um, Jamar, I love how you call Johnell in the, in our email exchange the CHO yeah. of the family, the Chief Home Officer. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> yeah, it it speaks clearly to what she is like. Literally, the glue, the the person that makes this thing just flow. And uh, it's exactly what what it is, the chief home officer. Uh, but it also extends outside the home, right? So I'm always thinking about home, making decisions based on, uh, you know, what her needs are, what the family needs are, and all that good stuff. And uh, I forget things all the time. So if it wasn't for her, I probably would go outside without shoes or clothes or anything like that. So uh, I couldn't do anything without her. I don't think anymore. That's amazing. Mm, that's that's beautiful. I appreciate the title. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So you guys just welcomed baby number four um, mm-hmm. recently, three months ago, and you went a little bit of a different route with this pregnancy and birth. Is that correct? Yes. This time around, we decided to do it at home, and um, we were already pretty familiar with midwives. Um, my other three children, you know, they were born with midwives, but they were all in the hospital, and I was kind of over the whole hospital situation and I wanted to be more comfortable and I felt really confident in my body after having done it three times that we could probably go ahead and, you know, do it at home and be, be okay with it. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Wow, that's that's so cool. Uh, what what specifically about the hospital setting were you looking to shift and kind of experience something different? Um, I wanted to be more peaceful. And um, I guess at that point, after having my third child, um, I was already experienced mother. I kind of knew, you know, what was normal, what wasn't. But when you're in a hospital, the nurses treat you just like you're a first time mom. And they don't really take any of that into consideration. And they're just, 
you know, roughing you. And when I say roughing you, I mean like, you know, when they're pressing on your belly and stuff after you have the baby and mm. it's just not very sensitive, even though I did have a midwife, um, in the hospital, you're still dealing with, you know, nurses the whole time. And, um, so they would be nice, but I just felt like a lot of the things that they would do was unnecessary. Um, you get no rest because they are coming in every couple of hours, checking on you, checking on the baby. And I know it's for a good reason, but you know, we kind of, you know, I just didn't feel like it was necessary. And then also when you're in labor, um, we would always wait until, you know, I felt like it was probably almost time for the baby to come out. Right. And then we would actually get to the hospital. But at that point, of course, I'm in active labor and they're like, here, fill out this paperwork here. Let me put this wristband on you. And it's just, that's the last thing I want to do when I'm trying to get through my contractions. And I've already got a Yeah, I don't want to fill any paperwork. I don't want to answer any questions. (laughs) Don't talk to me. Just let me, you know, do what I need to do. So I would get out of the groove that I had when we were at home. And then, of course, when you're in the car driving, you know, it's just who wants to really, you know, be in a seatbelt when you're having contractions, (laughs) you know, every minute. So um, I wanted to just be able to stay in my own zone, be comfortable and um, just be undisturbed. And that's exactly what we got when we had the baby here. It was uh, totally undisturbed. Wow. So what were those conversations like? And, and how do they kick off the, the conversations about home birth? I don't think um, we're pretty, pretty in sync. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Like I said, I'm a firefighter paramedic. I've, I've caught babies in the back of ambulances right. and people's <laughs> living rooms and on floors and weird places. That yeah. Were, but, um, it was, you know, one of those things like you, you bring it up and it's like, well, you sure. And it's like, yeah, I think I'm sure. And it's like, okay, well, I think I'm sure too. And we just, you know, we start doing the research, uh, start looking out, see uh, what other people's doing. Uh, and which is why we appreciate, you know, this particular podcast. Cause if somebody's out there looking, uh, they can hear so many stories, uh, not um, of just uh, maybe you read things, but also hear people's real voices, hear their real stories about their home birth. Uh, and that's what we did. We just kind of start doing our research and figuring out uh, who would be our midwife and uh, which we did wonder, because like Johnelle said, we've had midwives before. Just those midwives, they could not do it outside of the hospital yeah, setting. Uh, okay, that was going to be my follow-up if you gotcha. were able to use the same. Okay, cool. So you had yeah. to explore different options. Yes, and it's interesting because what got the ball rolling was I have a friend of mine from long, long ago, but we keep touch on Facebook. She had just had her fourth child at home and she had had hospital births all the other times and her husband, she's a military spouse. Her husband's in the army, I think. But, um, Anyway, she had a birth photographer, so she shared her pictures, and that was when it kind of hit me like, oh, if she can do this, then, you know, I know I, I should be able to do it too. And so I messaged her, and she gave me a ton of information and um, all the things to consider when looking for a midwife, all the questions to ask. So um, I shared it with Jamar, and um, I <laughs> actually found our midwife on Instagram. She kind of just... <laughs> I just started, what happened was I started following this um, Instagram account called Birth Without Fear. Mm, yes. um, 
Yeah. So I started doing that mainly because I was having some anxiety about even we were not pregnant yet when we were um, doing all this, by the way, we had actually just had the baby. She was maybe six months old, our third child, Josie. She was about six months old or, you know, something like that. And um, but we knew that we wanted four children to complete our family. But I was having some anxieties about getting into another pregnancy. And, you know, would the fourth child be like the other ones as far as my labor went and um, just had a lot of, you know, fear related to that. So when I saw that Instagram account, I thought, well, this I definitely need to follow this account. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it was through there that the midwife I have now, she I think she spoke at one of the engagements. And I just so happened to see all these hashtags and I saw she was in Houston and I was like, okay. So I looked into her, set up a consultation and we, it was just a total instant fit for us. So I feel like it was very, um, it was like a divine connection because Mm -hmm. I didn't even have to search for her. She kind of just showed up once I got my mind set on, this was what we're going to do. So that was pretty, pretty awesome. How social media pretty much, you know, sparked, all of this, actually. That's very cool. It is really remarkable how it, it has such, it can have such a powerful influence, especially in this this realm of birth. You know, you're able to see so much more about birth, I feel mm-hmm. like now, through that medium and, and learn more through other people's stories. And then in your case, connect with people who are going to play an integral role in your, your journey and your experience. So way to go, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I like a lot of what you just described in terms of examples for for others who are going through their decision making process and whatnot. One, I, I think it's very beautiful how how open and transparent you are with you know had three babies, but each pregnancy and birth is so unique and different that with each one there can be its own unique you know, little fears or little thoughts or whatever, like that stuff can still come up. And I think there's, there's judgment around that, or there can be, whether it's ourselves as women and moms or, or society that, I don't know, maybe after a few, like you've got it down and there's no need to, there's no, there's no reason to fear anything, but like, no, it's, it's a unique experience and there's, there's new things that can pop up. So I love that. I think that that's cool. You were open to sharing that. And, and with that, were there things that you did differently through pregnancy in preparation for birth, given that this was going to be a home birth and a, and a different kind of experience? Was there anything you, you did that you didn't with the other um, pregnancies? Yes. This time around, um, I really wanted my body to be in the best shape possible. So um, before we got pregnant, I um, got into amazing shape. And then I maintained that throughout my pregnancy. I um, worked out you know, basically every day up till the day that I had had him. Um, so just um, for me, exercise, it was more than just um, physically being fit. It was also mentally, you know, it helps relieve stress and anxieties and things like that. So doing that, doing prenatal yoga, um, just trying to stay relaxed. Um, I also read a lot more books about pregnancy and I started following more accounts Um on Instagram that showed women having babies, having them naturally at home, um, just focusing on all the positive birth stories that I could get my hands on. And one of the books that I read was, um, it was, 
Ina May's book, I yes, think. Yes, Ina her? May. Yes. Ina she's, May, okay. <laughs> she's a big one. She's a, yes. a powerhouse <laughs> yes. in the birthing community. Yeah. So I read her um, Guide to Childbirth and... Um, I just, that was, I think that was the main one that I read during my pregnancy. Um, we were already familiar with um, a lot of stuff because what made us make our decision to even have um, nurse midwives in the hospital was watching the business of being born um, documentary by Ricky Lake. And right. that kind of just opened our eyes to the, to the options and, and um, really just empowering ourselves to um, not be rushed by, you know, doctors, um, just, you know, be mindful and to just, you know, start trusting my body that it was designed to, to do this. And I also wanted to, um, touch on what you said about the anxieties. A lot of people that I talked to when I told them that I had some fears about having a fourth child, they always responded that way. They were like, you know, why would you have anything to be afraid of? You know, you're a professional at this now. Yeah. (laughs) it is so different and you never know what's going to trigger, trigger you during, um, during your labors or when you have birth that can kind of just sit in your mind and just, you know, make you wonder about the next time around if you were to do this again. And so, um, I was told by my midwife now that the third baby usually throws you for a loop. Um, the first two, you know, go, like the first labor is usually long, the second child, their labor is usually short, and the third one, you would think it would be shorter, but it's not, and or most times it's not, and that's how it happened for me. And so I was kind of afraid that I wouldn't be able to handle it the fourth time around, or I wasn't sure if I wanted wanted to do that, and... So, yeah, definitely had those fears, but reading those books and just hearing those positive stories really helped me um, along with, you know, taking care of my body, exercising, trying to eat right, that sort of thing. Appreciate you you sharing that because, you know, fear is a, is a, is a big thing, you know what I mean? Like, and they can shut you down. And so to hear what you went through and what you experienced and then how you moved through it. Um, I think it's great for Sarah and I to hear, but then also for all the listeners, you know, to know that there are there are things that you can do to help you know move through those fears. So um, I I want to list them off again. So you uh, you you followed some accounts and you were watching and reading positive birth stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you were taking care of your body, taking care of your health. What were some right. of the other ones again? The other things I did was um, I kind of formed a community within um, the midwife that I found. Mm. And one of the things I loved about her is um, she has a her name is Afua and her um, she has a place called it's called the birthing place. And that is her um, that is her um, home birth or birthing center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then she also comes to your your home if you want to do home birth. But she um, organizes group prenatals, which um, all the women who are expecting and then even women that have already had their babies and are, you know, still breastfeeding. um, We all go once a month. We bring food. We talk about issues um, and topics related to pregnancy and having your baby. And through there, I got to meet, you know, obviously like-minded women because they had either had their child with her at home or at the birthing center. Um, So it was a nice opportunity to just be surrounded, sort of form a new village, so to speak. Um, So just 
keeping those good vibes, keeping um, around, you know, like-minded people. Because um, I didn't really personally um, know anyone who said, ooh, why would you do that? But if I did, I would definitely keep my distance during the time that I was (laughs) pregnant, you know, because I, you know, I don't want, I don't need to, I don't even need, they may not say anything, but I don't even need the energy. Like I want, you know, the energy to, the positive energy to, you know, go the direction that, you know, is going to pretty much give me the birth that I want. So, um, yeah, so just having a community and, you know, if you can find, um, a midwife who um, does activities like that, because that's not the only one besides the group prenatals. We also do um, Healing Mondays, which is the women who've had their babies. And I went when I was pregnant too. You go for a walk somewhere, you explore, we would explore the parks um, around the city and um, have lunch together. So just a nice, you know, community. That was a big part of it. Mm, That's awesome. That's huge. Yeah, community is big. I, I'm curious, um, Jamar, how this process was for you going into a different kind of birth planning and how were you feeling and how was your role in it? I would imagine a little bit different um, given the setting was going to be, you know, a different place. And so I just want to hear a little bit from you. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I I don't worry a whole lot. I'm one of those people <laughs> that that drives warriors crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just uh, prepare the best I can and, and kind of let it float. And, um, and I think some of that has to do with personality. I guess my career, you know, people are usually calling me when it's, they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always learned to kind of remain calm there. Um, but as far as preparation, it's really just kind of getting a house prepared, making sure everything is clean, everything, and make sure everything is up to par, uh, planning what we're going to do with the kids, uh, when the birth time was coming, uh, making sure that she was uh, there was food, that she was well fed. Uh, I'm also kind of a bulldog. So like in a hospital setting, you can't separate me from my wife. So um, that. As far as me being involved, I've always been pretty involved and up and close during the pregnancies, even in the hospital. That's so great. I caught our babies there. And if she wasn't comfortable and they were trying to do a, a procedure that, you know, we if it made her uncomfortable, if I felt like it wasn't necessary, I would step in and I would say something and just try to make it as, as easygoing as possible. Um I was also the one driving, you know, I was a chauffeur driving her to the hospital uh, during these pregnancies, <laughs> which I didn't have to do that this time around. All I had to do really is just kind of, you know, be there, help her breathe, massage, you fill up the tub. the tub. Yeah, yeah. blow <laughs> blow up the, uh, the pool in, or the tub, fill it up with water uh, and just kind of really just be there, set the mood. We had the candles, the music, uh, you know, those types of things. It's just kind of being a support role, which... Um, I guess from my perspective, it isn't much different from the other pregnancies. It's just a better setting. Um, yeah. And there was, I didn't have to yell at anybody or, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> or anything like that. Right. So it was uh, much more of a peaceful experience this time around. Yeah. So peaceful experience. Share a, a little bit of how you realized, you know, labor was coming on and what you guys did. You know, you mentioned figuring out what to do with the other kiddos. You know, how did that come into play? OK, well, um, we pretty much decided that we were going to 
not worry about childcare for the kids. And I was just praying that maybe labor would happen <laughs> at night when they're asleep. That's cool. <laughs> if it didn't, um, we did prepare them. We did show them a couple of water births um, on YouTube nice. um, and just kind of let them see what they could expect. Let them know, you know, you might hear mommy making some noises. Um, you know, it's, and just, it was an opportunity to teach them that, you know, pain isn't always bad, that, you know, something good is going to come from it. So, you know, not to worry about that. So what ended up happening is the day we had the baby, we actually went to my 39 week checkup, um, (laughs) (laughs) at the birthing place and, um, everything was all normal. It was that morning. I felt fine. We heard the heartbeat. Everything was great. And then, uh, when we left, we were in the car, we ran some errands and I started feeling a lot of Braxton Hicks coming back to back. And I thought, well, maybe it's just, um, the, you know, just sitting in the car, it's my position or whatever. So we get home and I eat and I relax and they, the Braxton Hicks, you know, they keep coming and then they start to feel a little crampy. And then I was just like, Oh man, okay, maybe this is it. Uh, (laughs) Um, and then at that prenatal visit, I'm not being, you know, checked. Nobody's checking to see if I'm dilated or not. Um, I prefer not to do that. And my wife, my midwife wouldn't do it unless I asked her. Um, just basically it, it's to avoid unnecessary anxiety, I guess, because you know, how many centimeters you might be dilated doesn't necessarily mean anything. So, um, so we had no clue and, um, a couple hours later they were getting more intense. So I, I did notify my midwife and, um, she was like, okay, just let me know. And, um, it's funny because she had another mom in labor at the same time. And that was my greatest fear about having a home birth. Yeah, imagine. (laughs) Yes. And it's, you know, so there were two other women, they were overdue. So they weren't supposed to be a concern for me, but they were like two weeks overdue, both of them, or almost two weeks. And finally, one of the moms um, went into labor, but she had already been in labor for a whole day. And my midwife told me that when we were at the checkup. So I certainly didn't think I was going to be having my baby before that woman did, but that's what happened. I actually, (laughs) I actually did. Um, so, um, that evening, probably about six ish or seven, um, I was at the point where I was having to moan through contractions. So, and that's the point when we would have normally gone to the hospital. So I, you know, called my midwife back and I said, okay, I'm moaning now. And she's like, all right, uh, I'll be there. And, um, So we did not have the tub already prepared because the two moms overdue um, had the birthing tubs, but she had a backup one at her office. So she went, she left the other mom with another midwife and a doula. She went and got the tub, came here, they filled it up. And um, she checked me when she got here. I was about eight and a half centimeters dilated. Mm -hmm. And um, I was already mentally okay with like, okay, if we don't have the water birth, that's fine. You know, I just, at this point, I just want the baby out of course. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But miraculously they did get it filled up fast. And, um, within an hour of her getting here, um, he was born and she, that one time she checked me, that was the only time. Um, and she just kind of let me do my thing. I was, you know, like, like I said before, I was kind of in a zone already. Um, I had my positions for when the contractions came 
they massaged me and gave me water in between them and during them. And once we got in the tub, um, you know, I shortly after that, just a few contractions later was when I felt the urge to push. And it was the first time I really even knew what that felt like, even though I had had three natural births before. Um, there was so much going on in the hospitals that I just I didn't know what that felt like. I didn't understand that that pressure meant it was time. Oh, wow. And I usually was not in a good position either um, to to feel that. Usually I was reclined or something like that. So, you know, I just I was I was surprised at myself that I knew what that felt like when I felt it. What yeah, and were I'll you say in? that I'll say that it's the lack of distractions, I think it for me, just kind of on the outside looking in made it look yes. like she was more in tune with her own body and, and listening to it as opposed to, uh, you know, with all the other things going on, being distracted and necessarily having to ask somebody when when I should be pushing or, right. you know, what position should I be in uh, this time around without the distractions, I believe, without her, you know, breaking her groove, so to speak. It just flowed a whole lot better. And that can happen uh, a lot of times with the hospital setting. I'm not, you know, not trying to dog the hospital setting or anything like that, but uh, it's just something to be aware of. And we've even heard stories of women uh, they would be eight or nine centimeters dilated and then they would go to the hospital and they would go back the opposite direction because uh, the body is like, well, maybe it's not time. Maybe, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like some evolutionary deal. Like, oh, here's a here's a lion. We need to run. Right. Right. Lion. It's not time to have a baby. <laughs> yes. uh, and that those distractions can can throw you off. Uh, and I believe without that, um, we had her. She had her. She was more in tune with her body. Yeah, the physical distractions also because normally they they strap a, a you know monitor or something on your belly to um, keep track of the baby's heart rate. Um, they, and even my third child for some, this never happened before, but they insisted on prepping me for an IV and that was really disturbing to me. I never needed the IV. I was not doing it, you know, nothing happened to where I needed it, but they stuck, you know, stuck me anyway. And so I had this big thing on me. I had a bruise later, um, from that. And, um, you know, when my midwife came to the house, she did listen for the baby's heartbeat with the Doppler. And everything was fine. She listened during a contraction and in between contractions. And she did that occasionally. And and he was totally fine. So it was not necessary. You know, it just kind of told me that when I was in the hospital, it's really not that necessary for me to have these things strapped on me as long as you're checking once in a while. So not having that stuff holding me down, being able to move around and be flexible, do whatever I wanted, be able to drink all that, I think, just helped me to stay in that zone. And she actually, it surprised me <laughs> that she didn't actually catch my baby because when I pushed, I actually caught the baby myself. And that was also another first time thing. Wow. And, um, but that was just how it happened. And he came out in call because uh, she did not break my water, wow. which they did my third. <laughs> yeah. So, he came out looking like a little spaceman. Yeah, like in a little cocoon. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a little helmet on. I was like, hey, there he is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was surreal. I was like, he was in this bubble because, you know, I just saw like float up and she's like, catch your baby, catch your baby. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so 
really surreal to just, you know, see him come out. And then, of course, when I went to grab him, he had broke the bag. The bag was broke. But um, it was pretty it was pretty amazing. And so the things that come to mind is just it was peaceful and it was just totally undisturbed. If I had to be born all over again, I think I'd want to be born like that. <laughs> yeah. He looked pretty cool. You know? <laughs> had a little helmet, little spaceman. He floated, floated on out. It's kind of like it was pretty it was pretty cool. If I if I want to be born again, be like a highlight reel. I would I would do it like that. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm super curious about that. So he came out inside of, of the, the bag and then he was the one that actually broke it. Well, I think just the process of cause he came out, he kind of slipped out. He did like a little little flip underwater. Yeah, it was like a- and during that, her reaching out to grab him, I think that broke the wow. bag yeah, at I that think, point. Yeah, the combination of like the force like, cause it just like shoots out, you know, kind of, I mean, I know he's not shooting out, but you know, (laughs) everything's happening so fast. And so, and when I'm pushing, my eyes are closed and my midwife was like, look, look, he's in call. And I was like, no, I'm just pushing right now. I can't open my (laughs) eyes. But when I did see it, it was just so fast. And so it kind of just all that just made it burst. And what position were you in when you were pushing? I was in a squat position. And so I sat, um, alongside the pool there are these handles on each side of the the tub so i would grab those when i had the contraction and i would just squat and the great thing about being in the water is you could squat but not feel your weight right so i just stayed upright the whole time um and that was yeah that was how i came out and jamar where were you positioned i was behind her uh kind of outside the tub outside the tub um just kind of leaning in Kind of my arms under her armpits, just kind of holding right. her weight. Wow. And where were the rest of the kids? Where- yeah. So, yeah, they were in bed, just like I, <laughs> ah, nice. like I yes. Just like you um, ordered. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was, it was amazing. They were getting ready to go to sleep. And we put our kids to bed pretty early. Like, the bedtime is around. We shoot for 7, 7.30. So, um, I think I said it was probably around 6-ish, 7-ish when I had my midwife come on her way. So they were all going down. And I think the youngest was the only one still up maybe. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, the second, the second, our daughter, uh, our second kid sh- child, she was up, she was a little disturbed by the, by the contractions. She was really worried about mommy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we just had to kind of reiterate what we talked about beforehand. Uh, but she eventually, she went to sleep and then, um, the baby girl, she she was asleep by the time uh, Jace, the newborn, uh, was born, uh, but she stayed up the latest. I think she stayed up to about 8.30, almost 9 o'clock. Right. But she doesn't make any noise. She kind of just hangs out in her crib. And he was born at 9.29. So, you know, at that point, everybody was knocked out. So, um, yeah, it was very quiet. This is this is one lady. Janelle is one lady that, that always gets what she wants. <laughs> she is. Uh, and that's why I tell her she can't get rid of me because she she has this favor about her and I am going to stick to that uh, for the rest of my life because things, uh, you know, she just gets her way. Yeah, I got the tub. I was I, I said already I had concerns about, you know, the other moms having, you know, being in labor at the same time. Yeah. And my midwife stayed with us for a few hours after that and then went back to the other mom and was able to catch her baby. So, Jeez. you know, it all worked out for everybody, you know? Wow. She was working that Yeah, day. that's... Yeah. She, she earned her money that dang, night. Dang, 
Well, I love that though, Janelle. That's like some divine goddess queen mode type stuff. <laughs> you know, you just like using your influence and whatever frequency you're at is such that things work work in your favor and so it is right and then so did everyone just get to wake up the next morning to a new baby brother and then it was it was like christmas morning kind of thing yes exactly (laughs) um school was still in so our oldest son josiah he was you know had to get ready to go to school that day and he was um really excited to see that he had had a baby brother because that was another thing we did not find out the gender we let it be a surprise And he definitely wanted a brother. He already had two sisters. So he was really happy. I'm sure he told a lot of stories uh, that day at school. And then the other two, um, our oldest girl, she was excited. Um, The youngest at the time, she was probably the only one who was like, what's going on here? Uh, (laughs) It's like, what are you doing with that thing in your arm? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, is he going to stay or go or whatnot? What's happening here? So she was definitely like, uh, uh, because she's a star. She's she's still a star of the house, really. But uh, she was the baby. And then all of a sudden you got this new baby here. And she's like, well, mommy, why are you holding? Why are you holding this baby? Hold me now, you know. Uh, so yeah. it was it was a, a fun experience. And also, I guess we should mention, even after the birth, uh, we didn't deliver the placenta till what, 40, 45 minutes oh, later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we actually didn't cut the cord till a little bit over an hour later. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's an experience that we uh, did not get before because everybody's like I said, in the hospital setting. They're so quick to cut that cord right, immediately and, it and everything. Uh, and there's still a lot of nutrients and energy that's in that placenta oh, that yeah. uh, can benefit the baby. Uh, and so that's one experience that we also got that we did not get before. That's amazing. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, yeah. I'm really glad because, yeah, that is a that is a big piece. Um, and you call you call Jace the finale, right? The finale baby. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, the Dupas finale. Um, because I figured people would be asking, okay, are you done yet? Right. So I just wanted to answer that before they could even <laughs> ask. <laughs> yes, we're done. We're, we're done. We're done. That's mm. that's incredible. You guys are so awesome. I'm yeah. really grateful um, that we were able to get both of you and just to to hear your your experience and your energy together and just how you've created this amazing family. And then through this experience, it's like, I think it's a great example of how it can be as much as possible, like effortless. I don't Mm. know. It just seems like everything with you guys just flowed and the, the attitude around it, like even though there were some fears and some anxiety, like it was dealt with head on, you know, things were put in place and, and look, as a result, like you, you have this amazing, you know, abundant, beautiful family. Yes. Thank you so much. We, um, we definitely um, practice, you know, belief a lot. You know, we just, the things that we want, we focus on it and, you know, we just, we just believe that it's going to happen for us. And, um, you know, we definitely give God the glory for, um, everything happening the way, cause it surprises me that, you know, every time, even though my husband says that I get what I want, it's always a surprise to me still, <laughs> <laughs> but I do ha- try to keep that faith that, you know, that this will work out that, you know, that it will work out in, in our favor. Yeah. And, and, and doubt is a normal aspect of life. Right. And it's, it's, the issue is where we just we start paying attention to doubt and we don't do anything with it. And that doubt then turns into unbelief. And that's 
that's when fears typically take over our lives. So it's not, I, I say this all the time, it's not necessarily the fear itself, but it's the doubt that creeps in that we don't address that turns into fear and inaction. Right. And uh, Yeah, I definitely put my my fears out there. I'm, you know, I'm like, look, this is what I'm dealing with. Okay. So what can I do (laughs) to, you know, help work this out? And so that's why I feel like I attracted those things that, you know, um, were able to help me to deal with that. Yeah. There, there it is. <laughs> well, um, for those of you listening, if you want to connect more or learn more about these two and their amazing story and what they're up to, um, we will include links in the show notes to um, Janelle, your Instagram page, which has beautiful photos of the whole family <laughs> and, and your life together. That's way incredible wife. Um, so I will include a link to that. And then you all have a podcast as well, right? Right. Yeah, we have a podcast uh, about money. We talk about money as it relates to real life uh, and how you can use it to kind of, you know, live the life you want to live and go uh, love the people you want to love, see the things you want to see and all that good stuff. That's called it's called Get Your Money Right. Get Your Money (laughs) Right. Very cool. Because, you know, with babies. Money tends to come up as a thing. So So you listen to this podcast about doing it at home and then figure out how to get your money right. Right. (laughs) You definitely need both. You know, you definitely need to get your money right if you want to do it at home. Um, Because we had we had a budget for, you know, for this insurance did not cover our home birth. Yeah, Uh, same. Yeah. I could talk all day about that. But. Right. <laughs> all right. Cool. Special episode just on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, we really appreciate you, and I know listeners do as well. So just thanks for spending your time with us. I know time is also another huge, valuable resource in life right now yes. um, with all you have going on. So we are certainly grateful. We are. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And and again, thank you for doing this. Thank you for yeah. having this show. Thank you for trusting yourself and your uh, your own abilities to go out and put this information out there. Uh, I know uh, I don't know people personally, but I know just just in my heart that so many people benefit uh, from this show and uh, and uh, they'll probably benefit for, for years to come. So thank you for following this and doing this. Yeah. Thanks for letting us share our story. It's really awesome to get it out there. I forgot to mention that I did. uh start documenting the pregnancy and the home birth on YouTube. Um, so <laughs> that's one more thing. Um, but I really wanted to share this cause I really wanted, um, people to see that this was possible. Um, and I also want like my kids, like my daughters, you know, to, to know that their body can do, you know, what it was made to do. So we appreciate this, uh, ability to, to talk to you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And what's the name of the YouTube channel so people can check it out? It's actually my name. Um, okay. Yeah, so YouTube. <laughs> uh, you can just search John L. DuPas um, and it will come up. Cool. And we'll, we will link to that in the show notes as well, as well over on uh, the DIAHpodcast.com. And yeah, thank you both. You rock. We appreciate your time. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. 
That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.